So today is going to be a smorgasbord of, of scriptures. I think whenever you get up to preach and, and share, uh, the closer you c- keep to the scriptures, uh, the better it's going to be. Because the scriptures feed our souls, and there's going to be lots of scriptures. And I hope that uh, you'll take home, we'll take home one or two and just apply them to our lives. Because that's, uh, scripture brings life to our lives. The word of God brings life. We've had a wonderful couple of weeks. We had Rick, uh, the Hawaiian surfer dude. Uh, he, he's, I think he's nearly 65, 66, and he surfs every single day. Sometimes not on a Sunday. Sometimes he, on Sunday after, after service, he goes for a surf. And uh, then last week, we had African Shopee. And what a story. What a testimony last Sunday. A testimony of God's grace, of uh, God breaking into a hopeless situation and making his life, uh, changing his life. And now he's, uh, I believe, uh, Africa is a prophet to our nation, bringing a word that is in season that, the, that, that our nation needs. And he wrote his book, I mean, one of the books, uh, I can't remember what it was called, uh, Freed by Christ but Imprisoned by Culture. And... Uh, you and I have been freed by Christ. Wasn't that last song just absolutely magnificent? That he bids us that we come and die, that we might have life. That we might have life in its fullness. That's the gospel. The good news is that we die to self and we take on the righteousness of Jesus. The world in which we live in is actually probably enslaved to religion, to culture, to materialism. We've had a look at what, what uh, Africa was talking about last week, and he was talking about ancestral worship, and uh, he touched on uh, uh, Freemasonry. I had somebody chatting to me about Freemasonry in the week, and uh, her husband used to be a Freemason. And the, uh, just the, the, the negativity that came with, with that, and, the, and, and her daughter still doesn't seem to be... Uh, prospering they always seems to get to a certain level and then it goes back and sometimes that's the consequences of freemasonry in one's life i remember i was part of a church and the the church allowed the freemasons to have uh, their freemason services in the church and we had uh, the elders uh, there was people like john ron ronaldson and erling rasmussen and gavin price lewis were elders in those days and it took them quite a long time to persuade uh, the minister of the day, that, that, that was wrong. And he actually renounced it. I think he was a Freemason himself. He was a Freemason. And he, and he, he renounced it. So it doesn't matter. We, we all live, at the end of the day, you and I live in a dark world. We live in a world, a fallen world. The scripture says there is none righteous, not one righteous in, in, this, in this world. But, Colossians 1 verse 13, what does it say? It says, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, to the kingdom of light. So there's this wonderful transaction that has taken place. You and I live in darkness. You and I, we live in a world which uh, is... Uh, under the, seems to be under the control of Satan and, and, and it seems to, the, the world seems to have gone crazy and, and yet Jesus in his right 
and the right time came for he so loved you and I and he saw that we were living in darkness and he took us out of that darkness and put us into light. Isn't that exciting? I think we kind of forget that sometimes. Particularly if you've been born again for more than 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. You kind of, we kind of forget it. We kind of forget it. We kind of think that we're all right. But we're only all right because of what Jesus did. Because Jesus came and he died for you and I. And so we, we no longer live in darkness. We live in the kingdom. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 to 12. This is what it says about you and I. But you are a chosen people, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. Oh, we could unpack that for weeks. For his own possession. We are no longer our own. We have been bought. You and I have been bought with a price. We've been chosen. We've been given identity. We're now a priest. We're a holy nation. That's what, that's what we, that God has done for us. Why? Why has he done that? That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. There again we have out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's where you and I live. Once you were not a people. Wow. I thought I was a, I was a people. But now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul, souls. Keep your conduct among Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Wow. Keep your conduct amongst the Gentiles when we're out in the world, when we're working, when we're doing our business, when we're doing our stuff. Keep it honorable. Keep it honorable. And there's a great promise. Then they're going to speak out to you and say you are evildoers. They're going to persecute you for this sake. But, but, but at the end of the day, they will see our good works and they will glorify God on the day of visitation. So Africa's story last week, Africa's testimony of God intervening in his life. What a story. And for those who weren't there, one of the part of the story was when his mother died, she left him well provided for. He had a house. He had enough money to go to, to, to be educated, to get up to tertiary education. But his guardians, his family stole the money from him. They stole. When, when they drew money to buy him something, they would draw 7,000 rand and give him a pair of shoes. And they weren't Gucci shoes. They were just barter toughies. The good, you know, the good old Bada Taffy. And so he was ripped off. I want, maybe I shouldn't put a show of hands here, but, but have any of you ever been ripped off? Have anybody uh, done you down? I'm sure we all can all say we have. 
An amazing thing about the gospel as it impacted uh, Africa's life is at the end of the day, those family members who had ripped him off, what did he do? He helped them in hospital. He paid their hospital bills. I'm not sure I'm that, so that gracious. I, you've ripped me off. I, I want to have nothing to do with you. The gospel is good news, but it's, it's, it's the toughest thing we ever walk into. Because we've got to love our enemies. And that's not easy when they're stabbing you in the back. And there's more and more knives coming at you. And, and they're stealing your money. And, they, and they're doing that. And, and how are we to respond? I mean, Jesus is on the cross. We've always got to keep it back. Keep it simple. Keep it to the cross. Jesus is on the cross. What did he say? Father, forgive them. For they do not know what they're doing. Isn't that, isn't that just a, the most amazing thing? And you and I are called to live like Jesus and to be Jesus. In Acts chapter 7, reading from about verse 54, we see the stoning of Stephen. Now Stephen's been preaching and sharing the good news and, and, he's, and he's really nailed the, uh, the religious leaders of the day and, he, and, and they are uh, angry at him. Now, when they heard these things, they were enraged and they ground their teeth. Angry. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. He said, This is what he said Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of the God. And they, but they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together to him. Must have been a funny sight, but not for Stephen. Then they cast him out of the city and they stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. Wow. Saul saw this all happening. And as they were stoning Stephen... He called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he said this, he fell asleep. Not much after the death of Jesus, exactly the same thing happened. And, and, and Stephen's response was the same. My prayer is that my response would be the same. That I would forgive those who spitefully use me. That I would forgive even the persecution until death. We need to think of the, the church in the, in the, in the, in the wider world who, who are suffering today. Who are being persecuted, who are being killed for their faith. So how do we respond like this? How do we respond? Well, I think we, we respond by, by, first of all, understanding who we are in Jesus and what Jesus did for us. Because we live in a different kingdom. I mean, Africa was talking about, the, you know, the different cultures and, you know, I come from Britain. And that's a, that's a, the British are lovely people. Very nice, you know. And uh, some people come from different tribes and, 
and all tribes have, have, have their flaws. And, and we have to realize that, the, that, uh, that it's into that darkness which we were born. Even our culture, there's some darkness in it. More than we probably anticipate and what we would think about. So what's the kingdom of God that we live in? We live in a kingdom which is compelled or controlled by love. Rick shared that a couple of weeks ago, the surfer dude. He said the kingdom of God is not just fancy talk. It's living by the power. What does the kingdom look like? He said, it's a love that does. It's a love that gets its hands dirty. It's a love that goes to the messy. It's a love where we are kind of a little bit happy with messy. Even in this community. As we meet on a Sunday, we kind of sometimes want everything to be in its place and organized. And, and it's, not, it's not always going to be like that. Sometimes it's going to be messy. And I pray, Lord, I pray that as we encounter Jesus and we, and we fall in more in love with him, that we would just be undone. I was reading a bit from Jonathan Edwards, and Jonathan Edwards is like a good solid a great awakening, I can't remember what, what thing. He was a great, a great orator, a great Bible teacher, one of the best ever. And people, as he was preaching, would just burst into tears. They would, the, the, some of the kind, they would have some very strange manifestations. But it was their heart being affected by the good news. I have to look at my own life. Am I allowing my heart to be affected by the good news? Because, you know, I will plod on, no matter what, I will, I will do it, I will get through this, I, 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 you know, and, and, and don't show emotion. Maybe it's part of my upbringing, when, when I had a brother who committed suicide, when I was young, and didn't really cry, I was the only one in the family who knew Jesus, and I needed to be strong for them, this was when I was 15. And so I want the, the scriptures to impact my life. To change me. That I would be soft towards the things of God. That I would be kind. That I would be gentle. Two Corinthians chapter five, verse fourteen. For the love of Christ controls us. What controls you? Is it fear? As you've read the newspaper today or you've read the newspaper during the week and again the government seems to like kind of do their best to shoot everything, ourselves in the foot. And you see uh, Provin Gordon and they had that meeting. I don't know whether anybody got that email of, uh, at the Treasury Department. Uh, somebody asked for prayer. And they prayed. Isn't that unique? Isn't that, uh, we, we know where our help comes from. And we're desperate and we need to be praying. So, Lord, I pray for our nation today. I pray, Lord, that, that for, for the leaders, I pray for what you're doing and the turmoil and the shaking that's happening in our, in our, in our nation. And we ask, Lord, that uh, you would put in place people who, who, who govern righteously. And so we pray for the government. We pray for the leaders. We pray, Lord, that they would realize that they are servants. That's one of, the, one of the hallmarks of the kingdom is servanthood. 
I think Anthony preached on that about three or four weeks ago. That, that's, what, that's, that's where we are. We are servanthood. We, we're called to serve. I mean, Jesus served his disciples. He washed their feet. That was the lowliest of all, all, the, all the things that, that, they, that they did. He washed their feet. He washed Judas's feet. Judas was about to betray him. We love our enemies. I must say, as I've been preparing for today, and just, I've just thrown a whole lot of scriptures in, I'm just blown away by the scriptures and how powerful they are and how challenging they are. I shouldn't read them. Because if I read them, I've got to do them. But I know that as I read them, they bring life. So it's the love of Christ that controls us. Because why? Because we have concluded this. That one died for all, therefore all have died, and he died for all. That, thou, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. So we live for him because of what he did for us. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Oh, oh, we did in the water there. Think of that person that you thought about in this week and you've seen them according to the flesh. And that is easy. It's easy to see people because they like, like, laugh right in your face. They, they're angry and grumpy and, they, uh, they, you know, and, and, and sometimes, sometimes we are. But, we, but let's not regard each other after the flesh. Let's see, let's see the Spirit. Let's see the Jesus in each other. Let's call out the Jesus. You are the most beautiful people in the world here. You are created in the image of God. You are loved by God. Jesus lives in you. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Look at all these wonderful new creations here. All this is from God. Everything is from God. Everything. Everything you and I have is a gift of God. It's from God. It's, it's, it's all from Him. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled him, us to Himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So we are meant to be reconcilers. That is Christ. Sorry, where did I? I lost it. Yeah, that is Christ. God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ. We are ambassadors of Christ. When we go from here, how do we go? We are ambassadors of Christ. What do ambassadors do? They represent the homeland from which they came. How are you representing? How am I being an ambassador for Jesus? Would people even know that I am a Christian? Might be a little bit easier for me because they all say, I'm, uh, you know, you're a pastor or an infundis or something like that. But at work, are you declaring the grace and the mercy and the love of God to those around you? We're called to be ambassadors of a different kingdom. doesn't matter what culture you are. doesn't matter whether you're Zulu, Kosa, English, Afrikaans, American. Or maybe it does matter if you're American. Sorry, Joe. <laughs> 
Australian. Doesn't matter. We have a new identity. We are a new people. We are a chosen people. And what are we called to bring? What are we called to bring to the party? What are we called to bring down? We're called to bring down. Bring down heaven. In Matthew chapter 6, it says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's who you and I are, 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 are bringing. We're bringing a bit of heaven to earth. Are people seeing a bit of heaven? Are they seeing joy? Are they seeing peace? Are they seeing contentment? Because it's all been done for us. We have it. Maybe our, our minds need to be transformed a bit. Maybe, that, maybe that's why we need to be in the Word when we see the Word and it, and, and it, and it says that we, we are righteous. That's right. That's correct. So let's bring heaven down to earth. What does heaven look like? Any thoughts? What does heaven look like? Beautiful. Colorful. Glistening. Peaceful. Happy. Tranquil. Love. Glorious. Innocent. Pure. Perfect. Those, 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 that's, that's what you and I live in and dwell in. We bring that to the community in which we live in. You and I are read by those people around us. We are the living letters. So what does this kingdom of God look like? Is it about, in, in, uh, in Romans 14 verse 17 it says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Remember Stephen, what did it say? It said that he was full of the Holy Spirit. He had righteousness, he was righteous, he had peace. And there was a joy, even in adverse circumstances, even as he was about to be stoned, he was looking up and he was seeing Jesus. And if you and I see Jesus, if you and I see Jesus as Isaiah saw Jesus, he, they came, Isaiah came to the temple and he saw the Lord on, on the Lord's day and he saw him high lifted up and his train filling the temple. And he was just blown away by that. His response was to fall on the, fall on the floor and worship him. When we encounter Jesus in the scripture, our response needs to be to, to worship him. So what does Jesus say about you? In John chapter 17, verse 16, he says, They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. You're no longer defined by, by the world. Jesus wasn't defined by the world. He, he brought a different spirit. He brought a different kingdom. He brought different, a different life. John chapter 17. This is what he prays. Great prayer. John chapter 17. Wonderful chapter. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. 
Who's that? That's you. You and me. As we believe in, uh, in him, it's through the word that we, 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 we believe. What does he pray? He says, that they may be one, just as you, Father on me, are in me, and I in you. That they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may be, become perfectly one, so that the world may come, may know that you have sent me and loved them even as you loved me. That's, that's another 55 sermons. But I just want to get the, the, the heart of it. That we are, our lives are wrapped up in Jesus, the, the Trinity, the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We enter into that amazing relationship of the dance with, of the, dance with, 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 the, with the Holy Spirit and with Jesus, the perichoresos. That's what, we, that's what we do. We enter, we enter that. We become one. Unity. Unity is going to change the world. As the, as, the gos, as, as the church becomes one, what happens? The world believes. And we are one. Because of what Jesus has done. Not because we get it right. In fact, we get it wrong most times. Often. Often we are self-centered, selfish and, and we need to, Lord Jesus, may you live through me. It's not my life. I no longer live, but it's Christ that liveth in me. And so how did he do this? How did he make us one? Well, he says, he says it there. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them. That they may be one, even as we are one. So he's given us glory. You're staring at me. He's given us glory. We carry His glory. Amen. Yes. Yes. You might not feel it when you look at the mirror in the morning and you see your, you see your, thing, your face in the mirror and you might think, this is not very glorious. And you might take an hour and a half to make it look better. But let me tell you, let's take an hour and a half reading the Word and then we will shine from the inside and we will look better. So do we look different to the world? Do you, I, you and I look different to the world? Is Jesus the center of my life? Because we change atmospheres. We change life. If, people, if anybody had come, I don't know if anybody came here and doesn't know Jesus today. But when people come into this community, is there, is there, do, they, do they encounter Jesus? Do they feel the love? Do they, is, is, is God's presence with us and in us and amongst us? And is it manifest amongst us? My hope and prayer is that, 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 that it would be. That it would be, it would be manifest in, 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 in the preaching of the word and the in the singing of the songs, that we would encounter Jesus. Because otherwise, this morning I could be playing golf. I got invited to play golf today. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> but there's nothing, no better place to be 
There is no better place to be than with the family of God, worshipping God, being encouraged in, in, the, in the word. People are going through battles. People are going through hard times. And we need each other. And I just get so frustrated because so often when people start to struggle, they withdraw from fellowship. We need to push into fellowship. We need to push into Jesus. Because that is our only hope. He is our everything. You know, I love the story. There's a story in the, in the, in the, in the Old Testament. And Saul is grumpy and he's angry and he wants to kill David. You ever been grumpy and wanting to take somebody's head off? <laughs> no, you're all, all perfect and saints, yeah? It's only me. I mean, I just have to honor Greg. I just want to honor Greg Reed. <laughs> when I see him here, I mean, I come on early. We both come fairly early and we do stuff and... And Greg's got stuff and sound and, and all sorts of things and he's got doing and, and yet he somehow has time for every person. Somehow for the little, for the little ones. He has time. And I, and I look at my, I get grumpy. I see them. Oh, they spilled water on the floor and I'm getting, oh, oh, it's messy. It's messy. Church is messy. Family is messy. If anybody hasn't got a messy family here today, uh, put up your hands. <laughs> and so I've got sidetracked David's angry and Saul's angry and he's wanting to kill David and he on his way to try and find David he, 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 he walks through a, he comes to a school of prophets they are prophesying they're learning how to be prophets and his spirit changes and, and Saul starts prophesying Let's say, has even Saul become a, become a prophet now? His, his walking into the presence of God, into the, into the prophetic realm, into what was happening in that thing, changed him. So when people walk into your home, into your house, into this, this house called Sarepta, are they changed? Are they loved? One last scripture. John chapter 7, verse 37 to 38. On the last day of, of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, will flow rivers of living water. Every scripture that I've read today, we could do three weeks on each of them. If anyone thirsts, is anybody thirsty here? Come to Jesus and drink. And then what happens? As we believe in Him, whoever believes in, in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water flowing from your heart to the world to my heart. What do rivers do? 
When you see a river in a, in a quite a dry land, you will, see, you will see the river, and if you have an aerial photo, and you will see along the river bank, there will be vegetation. Rivers bring life. Water brings life. And all we have to do is come to Him and believe. And then the scripture says, out of your heart, out of my heart, will flow rivers, rivers of living water. Isn't that fantastic? We don't have to do too much. Just believe in the, in the, in the, in the finished work of Jesus. Just believe that He is your Lord and Savior. Believe that He lives in you. And these rivers of living water will flow from you. So I want to encourage us today. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let's not be like the culture around us. Let's be different. Let's be different because Jesus lives in us. And because He lives in us, we can have love. Out of, this, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Amen.